Hello, and welcome to 7-Minute Opinions. I'm Damon Linker, and today I'd like to tell you how America became a lost, exhausted superpower. What does it feel like to live through an era of precipitous national decline? I suspect it feels quite a lot like life in the United States in 2017. I don't mean the relative decline that many analysts have begun to measure, and that nearly everyone expects to accelerate over the coming decades. That kind of decline can be quantified by comparing America to countries in the developing world like China and India, countries with vastly larger populations, where economic growth is likely to continue outstripping ours by such an extent that their economies will eventually surpass ours in absolute size. As China grows larger than us, life at home could still continue on much as it has for decades, with ordinary Americans sensing little to no change in their quality of life. Now, what's happening in America isn't just relative decline. It looks like real decline. For an especially extreme example of what real decline looks like, consider the case of Venezuela. Its political system and economy have stumbled and buckled over the past two decades, and now the country has entered into something like a death spiral. Police and protesters battled, as they have for months, in the streets of Venezuela. Demonstrators believe the election continues to hurdle the country toward dictatorship, with President Nicolas Maduro and his socialist party at the helm. It's far too early and certainly too pessimistic to predict such a dramatic downturn for the United States. And yet there are numerous signs that the country may have reached a sort of zenith within the past generation and that we've now begun a downward trajectory. First, there's China's bid to reorder global trade. Barack Obama didn't work to pass the Trans-Pacific Partnership because he believed in the intrinsic wonderfulness of free trade and globalization. He did it to try to counterbalance China's efforts to increase its economic influence across Asia. But the Trump administration has scrapped the trade deal, and it could well turn out to be a world historical debacle for the U.S. To say that China is seeking economic influence across Asia is to underplay the breathtaking scope of its efforts. China has promised to undertake, help finance, and in some cases pick up the tab for more than $1 trillion in infrastructure projects in more than 60 countries across South and Southeast Asia, Africa, and Europe. It's called the One Belt, One Road Initiative, and if successful, the infrastructure projects could greatly expand markets for Chinese goods and services across the better part of the globe. It's an audacious display of geopolitical ambition that may well realign much of the world toward China and away from us. Another sign of American decline can be seen in the population. We're not well. Life expectancy fell in 2016. Rates of maternal mortality are much higher in the U.S. than elsewhere in the developed world and getting significantly worse over time. Tens of millions of Americans are overweight. Suicide rates are up, as are rates of death from alcohol abuse and, of course, opioid addiction. The Republicans' efforts to repeal and replace Obamacare have gone down in flames. 
And now, after offering a series of responsibility-shirking explanations for the GOP's utter failure to do anything on health care, President Trump is vowing to let Obamacare collapse while somehow avoiding any responsibility for the consequences. And what of Donald Trump himself? Yes, he's a sign too, the result of an American political culture that is arguably more sharply polarized now than at any time since the years preceding the Civil War. In 2016, that polarization, combined with the institutional collapse of the Republican Party, a weak Democratic Party nominee, and the quirks of the Electoral College, to deliver the presidency to a man of uncommon ignorance and sociopathological malevolence. Everyday Donald Trump shreds the rule of law in novel ways, by lying constantly and continuously, by bringing corruption into the highest levels of the executive branch, by expressing contempt for and defying ordinary norms of democratic governance. And every day, the president's own party makes it worse by ignoring or making excuses for the transgressions. Consider the consequences of Trump's actions, or inactions, in the crucially important area of foreign policy. President Trump, Secretary of State Rex Tillerson, National Security Advisor H.R. McMaster, and U.N. Ambassador Nikki Haley constantly contradict one another. The end result is that the U.S. has no foreign policy to speak of. And finally, there's our increasing military impotence. Since the war in Afghanistan began over 15 years ago, the U.S. has shown itself capable of projecting force across the globe, but incapable of using it to prevail decisively in any conflict. As a result, we appear to be a lost, exhausted superpower. Now, American decline probably isn't inevitable, at least not at this moment in history. What we desperately need is for policymakers to do their jobs carefully and thoughtfully, recognizing the worst dangers and doing their level-headed best to forestall them. The trouble is that politics in nations undergoing decline tends to be polarized, volatile, and prone to demagoguery. And that raises a final chilling possibility. Might Trump be both a symptom and a cause of American decline? If the answer is yes, we may have little choice but to hold on tight. And that does it for this episode of 7-Minute Opinions. Look out for new episodes every Tuesday on iTunes or wherever you get your podcasts. I'm Damon Linker, and thanks so much for listening.